The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. Invest Fest, that's right. That's right. Invest Fest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever. This year, we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to investfest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is gonna be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over now. Earners, what's up? Look, I wanna give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. 
With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over here and start using it now. All right, guys. EYL, we are back from the NFL PA house at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, we are having a legendary run of conversations, and this will live up to it, I'm yeah. sure. This has been fun. Calais Campbell, um, the U. The U. <laughs> legendary U. Um, what year? What year? It's my 15th season. No, no, no. What year did you? Oh, I was there from uh, 04. Uh, I was in OA draft, so. 04? Okay. Because I was going to say, the, I mean, the greatest college team of all time. Oh, yeah. I ain't that old. Oh, oh, 2001. 2001. Yeah, the boys was different. <laughs> and I, I, I appreciate some teams that came after that. There's some teams that were really talented after that. Yeah. But them still, them boys was different. Hall of Famers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 15 years in the NFL. That's almost impossible to accomplish. <laughs> Fact. That's the average playing career is three years. Yep. So 15 years is like, you're like LeBron at this point. Like a certified a, legend. Yeah. Certified legend. I say, uh, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, I mean, there's a few of the greats have done it. You know, I, I track, uh, you know, Bruce Smith, 19 years, Julius Pepper, 17 years. You know what I mean? You know, I, I don't know how many, you know, if, if this might be it, but I might play one more. You know, who knows? We'll see. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, you love the game. Just playing football, is it, you know? And you're heavily involved in the NFLPA executive committee. Uh, you was on 2020, named. Um, and then you are a philanthropist as well. We talk about your foundation. And you, I know you were the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yes, sir. That's, that's an impressive the accomplishment. Award. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, a lot to talk about. But first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So, all right. Let's talk about... I want to talk about the business and all that, but let's talk about football. To have the longevity of playing 15 years, it's not done by accident, right? So referencing LeBron, it's well documented. He spends a million dollars a year on his body, and everybody that plays with him has always said that even – I know people that knew him in AAU when they was like he was eating fruits and all that when he was in high school. Like – Take care of your body. You have to live a certain lifestyle. You have to have discipline to last this long. So can you talk about that? Like what has been the keys to your longevity? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not spending a million dollars like LeBron. <laughs> I spend a pretty penny, though. I still, I budget, uh, this year I budgeted 300000 for my body. Mm. You know, and that's just trying to fly in the best, you know, and people that I just know who are, uh, have experience in my body to come in and make sure that I can get my full value. And a lot of times I tell these young bucks to invest in your, you know, in your future. So, you know, I mean, that's as well as business, but in football future, like, you know, I mean, you know, the salary cap is going up every year, has, you know, consistently perception of COVID and they got to get that money to somebody. They got to pay what, you know, pretty much 89% of the salary cap has to go out in cash every year. And so for me, it's like, man, if they got all this money out there, they have to get to somebody. And you mean to tell me that if I can make extra five, six plays a year, it's going to affect my, 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 my value tremendously. Then for me, like, I'm not going, I'm going to turn over every stone. I'm going to make sure that 
I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, the proper nutrition. I'm getting the proper body work. I'm getting the proper sleep. I'm using the proper machines to help me recover, you know, from, you know, the hyperbaric chamber, Normatec boots, and, you know, I mean, all the different things that exist out there. I got a, you know, art machine for make sure, like, you help get back from injuries faster. And I got people who are very qualified and talented to come through and really work my body because if I can make the extra few plays, you know, for me now, it's just, I can add another year of football, yeah. which is another year of earning potential that I can't get on, on a, in a regular world easily yeah you know uh and so for me like if i could play if i, if I can add another year i, I think my, my contract next year is gonna be 6.5 million dollars of course three hundred thousand dollars is worth it if i invest three hundred thousand dollars to be able to play one more year and get six you know six five you know i mean that's easy you know and for these young guys i'm like yo okay your goal is to get the second contract but the biggest thing is just you know just adding plays adding production and that, that grows your value so you know i mean my routine you know i'm i mean it's, it's, it's brutal it's more about for me it's more about the time away from my family that it takes for me to go out and do it again that's why i hesitate maybe if i was to play again or not but i'm i'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards playing again but it's just the time that goes into it because a lot of times like it's the money but it's also like i gotta spend two hours you know with my massage therapist two hours with my, my or hour and a half with my needle guy um you know um, you know cupping and everything else so just it's a it's a battle that's you know i never thought about that and people probably don't think about it right the average fan like you, you mentioned making a few more plays and so the importance of you know pressuring the quarterback to having three or four more sacks having a couple of forced fumbles when you're negotiating your contract, right? Huge. That can separate like you from making six and a half million a year to being like, yo, you might be cut, right? Can you can you talk about having those type of statistics and are there specific numbers that I guess at your position on, on the D line, is there a number that you should be getting to, right? Because people will look at Aaron Aaron Dowd and be like, oh, he's the greatest, but. Yeah, he's disruptive, but some of his things don't go on the stat line. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and I think that's a big part of it is you want to be just consistent across the board. You know, mm -hmm. consistency, you know, it shows that coaches can count on you. Mm -hmm. But if you go from, like, just, like, a standpoint of, like, value, you know, like, I mean, it's like the housing market, you know, whatever the per person made that summer production the year before, it's kind of your floor for what you're going to get, you know, when you're trying to be a, a free agent. And so, like, you know, if I'm a D-lineman, you know, I go back to my actual experience, you know, um, so – you know, I'm, uh, you know, 2011 is going to my contract year. And like, you know, there wasn't like back then, there wasn't a lot of interior rushers getting 10 sacks. You know, if you can get six, a lot. seven, eight sacks, you know, I mean, that was that was the, the high number for the interior guys. Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, they came through and, and J.J.'s more outside, but he plays a little interior too. Yeah. But they came through and changed the game. You know, Chris Jones, I mean, this stuff is way different now. But yeah. the game has changed too. Back then it was a little more of a running game too still, but... You know, I mean, so the number was, you know, if you can get to eight sacks, you know, I mean, you were a premier pass rusher inside. And so, I, you know, my mindset was like, right, cool, like, you know, my production level, my my contract here, I got eight sacks. I had the block kicks. I had, you know, added, you know, different ways of value. And, uh, you know, you look at what the what the market was going for, you know, it was just like, you know, I mean, if I would have been, you know, had my same, you know, statistics, but I'd have only got like three or four sacks, you know, would have had a few less batted balls or some kind of way I'm chasing game, you know, I'm going to the market and they're going to be like, okay, your production based off what other guys are getting, that's like, you know, two, three million dollars a year versus you know, $11 million a year I end up getting, you know, mm -hmm. which is like crazy because the difference between those four or five plays is the difference between, you know, eight, nine million dollars a year, which, you know, over time is huge. I know. So you said three hundred thousand for your body. Can you just break that down? Like what does that include? A nutritionist, a personal trainer, a massage person? Yeah, like what's so, that? Uh between chef, um, you know, uh, uh I do a, a ankle specialist uh that comes up and just works on my ankles and knees and hips, but really ankles is where I really feel the difference. 
Um, I have uh, a massage lady that comes and like actually uh, uh, is there. Uh, I get five massages a week from her uh, weekly. Um, and I give her a salary uh, for being up there for the whole year with me. And then I fly everybody else in. I got a guy who comes in. He's a body specialist, but I use needles. And then if I have something to bother me, you know, he does deep tissue as well. Uh, but uh, so from um, a chef, uh, from um, my massage therapist, and then flying in specialists whenever I need them for different things, which I have people coming regularly on. And then... Um, Personal trainer? Uh, I, I don't even factor in the personal training off-season in that number. You know, so that's separate. But the personal training off season, you know, and then uh, you know the like the you know because I, I will I spend um, part of your tra uh, training in uh, in Phoenix, part of your training in in, uh, in Thousand Oaks in California, and then uh, I'm on my own when I'm in Miami and stuff. So like you know the way it goes, like that's a whole different bucket of, of, of resources. But yeah, overall, you know now I, I gotta run the numbers. I think last year. Uh, what I ended up spending was like 205 this year it's gonna be a little more than that but uh, it's still like you know just budgeted you know just where I'm gonna be at but I mean you know honestly to spend that much money is you just you, only because you're getting the best of the best and you got to compensate them from being out there and taking time from the other people they can make money from uh, if you're just doing local people like if I'm a young guy you know you don't have to spend 200,000 you just got to get you got to find the people that work for you you know I just know who works for me but that's that's what comes up to a higher number uh, at, at what point did you get to the, that that number and saying I need to focus on getting my body right making sure was it like maybe after an injury or were you, you hit a number in your career and said, all right, let me take this a little bit more serious? Yeah, nah, uh, so it, it gradually built. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I did minimal body work till about year seven. You know, <laughs> I, I tell you guys this all the time. Like, I wish I did it earlier, but I didn't, tell you, I, I didn't do nothing until about year seven. But I didn't really need too much because I, you know, I was a, a freak athlete, and so I had, uh, you know, you know, an ability to go out there, and I was very blessed too. Like, just I never had like really crazy serious injuries. I've been very, very fortunate, and so, um, you know, but after, you know, year seven came around, and I started feeling just a little bit different. I'm like, I wanted to like, I, I, you know, I, I was playing like really good ball, but I wasn't a pro bowler yet. I didn't get to all pros yet, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was like, you know, just a step below those guys. And in, in, in so I was like, let me get more serious about this. So not only did I improve on my taking my body, but I also improved my training and everything else. I mean, I really went to like being a guy that worked harder to be in the NFL to trying to outwork everybody in the NFL. Mm. And that really took the, the chance of my whole career and I had the best success, you know, from year seven on, you know, um, I mean, I guess it depends on what metrics you use, but there's a lot of metrics that will show you that that was from like year seven to year like 13, that little, you know, six year stretch. And I was, I was a bad man, you mm, know. This but, is true. <laughs> uh, and, but, but each year I had to add. So I, I you know, I mean, I, I never spent, you know, the $200,000 on my body until like last year was the first time getting over that threshold and then you know, the year before last and then this last season you know I, I, I budgeted for 300 but I don't think I got that high um, you know but before then you know I, you know it was probably like you know 50 then it was like 75 and then it was like 100 and it just kind of gradually built up mm -hmm. each year but each year also needed more body work because I'm like yo to play and be successful and have a you know impact on the game, you know, I gotta be, I gotta feel a certain kind of way. And like, you know, as I got them 36 this year, I just play that. I mean, if I play again next year, I'll be 37. Like, your body feels a little different than when I was 27. And I was out there, I could go out there and just, you know, I can, you know, I could go out and party Friday night, wouldn't feel a thing, go out there and dominate on Sunday. Now, like, everything, I have to get my sleep, you know, full eight hours. Like, I gotta, you know, I'm eating super healthy. I'm drinking, you know, two, two gallons of water every day. And I'm, you know, put my electrolytes in it. I'm like, it's just, it's a way different mentality. But my body needs that now, you know. I can't go out there and perform at a high level, you know, what I used to do when I was a kid. So, um, talk about, you know, you're an executive committee on NFLPA, right? What does that mean? And what is your experience with the NFLPA? Because we spoke to D. Smith earlier today. So, he's in leadership position, but you're a player. So, um, I would like to, to get your insight 
on the NFLPA. Yeah, you know, no so, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna keep it real, you know, all the time, you know. And so, um, you know, uh, I joined the PA um, because people kept coming to me like, "Hey, man, you should be in the PA." You know, and like, you know, really, just as a rep for the team. I kept getting pushed, like, yo, you should be a rep, you should be a rep, because, I mean, guys knew I just cared. I'm always trying to share knowledge and talk to guys, help guys through things. So they was like, man, you should be a rep. Excuse me. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, eventually I was like, all right, cool, because, I mean, I kind of shot away from it because I knew it was extra work, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to hang out, have a good time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you already got so much time dedicated to playing good football, but then, um, you, know, you know, I would always complain about little things here and there like everybody else does. And then uh, one day, you know, I finally showed up and was like, okay, I'm going to go to the rep meetings. I'm going to go check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll be the rep, you know, and they voted me in. And uh, when I got there, I was like, man, I should have been coming. I wish I came here the whole time because this is where, you know, where progress is made. And so, uh, you know, I mean, the way the, the union works is it's like it's just the players. You know, we have 32 reps, you know, so very high turnover. So it's not like other unions where you get yeah. people in the position for a long time and be able to build the experience to be able to like, you know, know better, you know. And so it's kind of hard because you have so many, so much job turnover and so many new reps coming in. You're always trying to educate people. So it's really tough. So I was like, you know, we need more star players who are going to have like longevity and guys who are going to, you know, be able to be around for a long time. And uh, uh, with that team, not just in the NFL, but with a particular team, so they can actually get some progress made. Uh, so I was like, you know, as a as a player, I knew where, you know, like you know where my where I was at in the NFL. So I was like, yeah, I need to be more involved. So um, I decided to get more involved, and uh, I was a rep for a few years. And then uh, some people kept telling me like, hey, you should join the EC because I'm in meetings, asking questions, just trying to get a feel for things. And I joined the EC, and like my role in the EC really is just uh, to try to, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we have our creed about you know uh, protecting where we've already come from, all the people that came before us, you know, uh, maximizing our value now, and then leaving a better tomorrow for the guys to come after us, you know. And um, you know, uh, my mindset is is like, okay, like I ain't really worried about me. I'm not worried about what we got going on right now. I'm trying to make you know the NFL better for the people that come after us and lead the game stronger than than when I came into it. And so, you know, I mean, you think about you know just the trajectory we've had and like you know guys are gonna complain all the time. You know, you get you know into the locker rooms and a lot of times when guys complain, it's really because they're misinformed. You know, they don't really have all the knowledge. Once you break it down to them, give them the knowledge, you know, they're not like, oh, it makes sense. So it really comes down to like just you know communication and making sure we educate our youth on like you know just the history of the union and you know where we coming you know where we're trying to go and stuff like that you know and guys you know we talk about like you know trying to improve our medical benefits for the long for longer term because right now we only get five years of medical insurance that we're done playing and then after that you have an hra where you can purchase more but everybody's you know it's going to be different you know we talk about improving you know um you know um uh uh, so lifetime medical or longer medical history. Uh, I mean, I lost my train of thought on where I was going next, but either way it goes, there's a lot of things in the union that, you know, we're trying to get done. And it's like, you know, the biggest thing is like, I'll see my guaranteed contracts, but the biggest thing is like, you know, it really comes down to us coming together, communicating, putting together a plan and then executing it. And that comes with leadership. And so I was like, All right, I'm gonna take a leadership role and I'm gonna try to make sure that we, you know, just put ourselves in position to be stronger. And so like, you think about the NFL, as, I mean, the NFLPA is a business. And like, you think about like, you know, we're a union, but we're also a business. And like, I mean, I don't know how many unions, I don't know like a lot about other unions. D Smith comes on and we talk a lot, you know, and he kind of educates me a lot of other 
unions and stuff. But I mean, we have, you know, uh, from our dues and everything else, we have a, 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 we're a billion dollar company. You know, then you get our licensing and everything else and the way that's growing and we're partnership, you know, making partnerships with other unions and creating that one team. Uh, you know, then we have, you know, the, the like, the one thing about the NFLPA is that every player that comes to the NFL will be a retired player. And so we really took it upon ourselves to make sure that we also help, you know, the, the, the guys who after they get into retirement and stuff. So we have a trust and we have so many other things that we do. But the biggest thing was just like getting informed and then trying to share that information because we do a lot of things. I mean, NFL, you know, and, and the thing I'm pushing the most right now is financial literacy, which mm-hmm. is awesome to see you guys here. Because, like, when I first got to the league, the financial literacy program was trash. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about, man, like, I'm, I'm like, man, y'all ain't really helping me with nothing. Y'all giving me basic stuff like how to balance a checkbook. And, you know, I ain't probably using no checkbook, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's 2000, you know, 2008, 2009. Yeah. And but but you know, to the to the union's uh, you know uh, strength is that like okay I mean we understood the times are changing and like you know I just went to the leadership summit uh, a couple weeks back and I saw you know uh, we had you know actual real lessons people coming in and teaching about you know about you know uh, business and about like how different uh, the different uh, uh, growth vehicles had exist for, for for money and just like all the different just the different sectors in, in, in finance and it was like man like this is something they should, you know that I should have learned mm-hmm. at an earlier age and I'm gl- glad the young guys are finally getting and I know it's bigger than one you know you know one meeting and one conference we need consistency that's why I love what you guys are doing because you're putting out there consistently but I think uh, you know like my biggest you know, like I guess um, yeah, my biggest goal with the PA is for us to arm the, the 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 membership with the tools to be able to create a better future for their families and everything else. So like when I see guys in financial distress, it breaks my heart because you know it just has to be able to make it in the sleeve and be able to make you know a bunch of money in the sleeve, mm-hmm. and you got to hold on to your paper. And so um, it really is just a, a full like uh, you know like the PA. We do a lot of stuff and we make sure that you know the whole thing is about keeping all of us stronger. And I think that financial literacy about um, you know just making sure that we are all in a great position allows us to be more uh, aggressive in what we're pursuing with our partnership with the NFL because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a partnership. NFL, uh, NFLPA, together, you know, we create a, a great pro- product that is probably the best product on TV. I mean, I think every year we're like the top 50, 45 of the top 50 shows. 85 out of 100. Yeah, 85 out of 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah DJ's- so like, <laughs> It's a great partnership, you know. Uh, but the thing that uh, I try to push a lot um, is making sure that um, – you know, the stronger we are as a membership, you know, we can make sure we, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you remember the lockout and the strikes, all different mm-hmm. stuff. We talk about a lot of things. It's like, but until we can all come together and have a position where we can sit from power, you know, that's when we're going to be the strongest to get whatever we want. So, yeah. So your, your financial education, because it sounds like you take me as a, a very inquisitive person, wanted to know. When, when did your financial education begin or it, did you come into the league with knowledge, right? Cause, or you had, so like this is one of those, when I just heard you say that that it was trash, my first thought was like, is this intentional, right? Because if I don't educate you, then I can always use you as my customer, right? Until you become educated and now you might see less people getting agents or less people going in a direction that somebody's pointing to them so they don't get taken advantage of. And so did you have to go through things to get your financial education? Uh, I mean, it was a process for sure. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, my dad was uh, was was uh, like he, he was an accountant. You know, for, he worked for the IRS for a period of time, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I mean, he was he did a lot of different things. He was big in computers and stuff. But like one thing he did try to do was start businesses. Mm-hmm. And he taught us a lot about sales, uh, but he didn't really teach us about business as a whole. You know, and uh, you know. Um, 
Uh, he passed away while I was 17, and you know, I wish I could have probably picked his brain a little bit more because I felt like he had a lot of knowledge. Uh, very smart, very smart guy. Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. Uh, you know, but, you know, uh, when I got to the NFL, you know, I mean, I mean, pretty much like, I mean, you're on your own. Nobody's telling you anything. And like, you know, the, it starts kind of like you pick a financial advisor just because you're supposed to, just because that's what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And you pick a guy based off of, you know, just your network. Your, your network. You know, so my network was University of Miami. I picked a guy because of John Beeson, you know, and he was a first round pick the year before. And he went through the process I was getting ready to go through. So I asked him, like, yo, who's your guy? And uh, he told me his guy. And I had all these people coming at me. They all sound the same because I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I hired this guy just cause, you know, he hired him, you know, and it's kind of funny cause like, I remember having a conversation with him and I asked him like, what made you hire him in the first place? And he said, I hired him because uh, I forgot who it was, but the person that he knew was for him. It was Jonathan Vilma. We <laughs> <laughs> just thought about you guys. Yeah, and, yeah whoever it was, it <laughs> might have been, you yeah. know. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it's just, uh, uh, you know, I asked him like, did you really do, do any due diligence? Like what made you hire him? He was like, nah, you know? And I was like, well, I ain't doing no due diligence either. Like we just hired a guy just for the heck of it. You know, um, now, I mean, that guy, you know, might be, uh, you know, a really good guy. Uh, you know, might have been a really good guy, uh, you know, really good financial advisor. But at the time, I had no idea because I didn't have no knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I worked with him for a couple of years, and then we, he, you know, he had a mistake that you know to me just was uh, you couldn't have. And so I ended up uh, firing him and hiring somebody else that was kind of a teacher to me. So the person I ended up was, he, you know, he tried to get my business, but uh, I, I didn't go with him originally. But he stayed around and kept, like every time I had questions with the other guy I was doing, the other guy kind of thought he made it sound complicated, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to understand it, so break it down for me. And then so, you know, the other guy that I ended up signing with more recently, and I've been with him the whole time since, he started like making it, breaking it down for me, like this is what this means, this is what that means, you know, this is why you do this, you know, and just started kind of going to it. And, you know, I mean, it was like, I mean, you know, so many different sectors of it that I'm like, man, I, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, I want to know it. So, you know, after a while, like he started making it sound simple enough to me where I was like, okay, let me put some money with you, you know, and then it was like, you know what, let me put all my money with you, you know, so it kind of went away. But it's kind of funny though, because I won't say any names because the, the, the guy I originally went with, you know, he still has a lot of guys out there. And I try to talk to those guys individually about my story. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't think the guy is a shark from like my experience. So I think he's a good dude. I think he might have generally just made a mistake. But back then, like they would encourage you to like, um, pay your bills for you. And so mm. like everything was just going through an account that he was setting up. So I didn't even like, you don't have to look at it if you don't want to, mm -hmm. he's paying for everything. And then one day I, I, I'm going through my stuff because like, I, I, you know, I, I had a new enough to audit myself. Like I was just gonna go through my account and really check and see what was uh, being spent off all my bills. I'm going through my stuff and I see $50,000 just missing. I don't know what it's going for. So I call him up and he was like, oh, I'm gonna take out one of the other players' accounts. You know, I just made a mistake. I, you know, I'm gonna put it back in right now. And he did. And, it, you know, and to me, it was just like, I don't know if you're incompetent. Where, where, where did it go? He said it was for uh, one of his other players, his grandfathers or something. Oh, he sent it to another player. He sent it to another situation. Yeah, it was supposed to be at another player's account going to his grandfather, according to what he said. 
And to me, it's just like, you know, you can't make that mistake. You know, if I don't go on and look at this, you know, I mean, you know, and I just end up missing it, you know, and I don't know, I can't, I mean, you're telling me that it was just an honest mistake, but from outside looking in, either you were trying to get over on me or you just, you know, genuinely just were incompetent. It's like, it's like the movie Casino. Yes, mm -hmm. Casino? Yeah. When um, Sam Rothstein, he fired the guy at the um, at the slot machine. They was robbing the slot machine. And he set him down. He said, it's one of two things that's happening here. Either you're in on it or you're incompetent to realize what's going on. Either way, I can't trust you at this point. Exactly. Exactly. It just is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. I, I got to let you go. Yeah. You sure you want to do that, Sam? <laughs> didn't work out. Didn't work out. Didn't work out well. Whenever somebody is tough, though, like you ain't like I'm a football player. You know, I ain't no, I ain't no CEO. I ain't no, you know, businessman at the time, at least. You know, yeah. I'm a football player. That's all my knowledge is. You know, and I went to school for advertising. Like I ain't go for school for business or nothing. So the whole process was like it was, it was hard. You know, it was an adjustment. You know, but then you know after you go through it, like oh, I want that bad. You know, like you just got to go through it. You know, and so um, I ended up going with a, an, another guy that was he was teaching me and stuff, and we've been together ever since and he's been a great mentor for me and we've done you know a lot of great things together and i mean now i feel like my knowledge my to be able to speak the language and understand it is you know i mean way better than it, you know it has been in fight i feel like i could sit in any room and have a conversation with any businessman and be a whole own after that did you stop with the the bill payment yeah yeah no never more i pay my own bills I might, sometimes I, I my credit uh, could have been a lot better because there's definitely times just because being just, human, just forgot opening my mail and stuff and missing things yeah, and I, yeah. know, I had to deal with you know missing some bills and you know having to pay them later and stuff so i mean i just I, i'll take that though i'd rather you know my credit score be you know 700 instead of eight, 850 because you know i uh you forgot to pay for some bills or yeah. you know, whatever it may be so so all right let's talk about your foundation so um, I know that's something that's very important to you in charity work that you've done, giving a lot of money to charity. So um, when did when did that start, and when did you decide to actually get get a physical foundation up and running? When I first got to the league, I was talking with my brother, one of my brothers, and one of my sisters, and you know, we 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 uh, we ate deep. We grew up in my my household, you know, and so it's you know we very family oriented, very close family. Where'd you grow up at? Denver, Colorado. Okay. And so, uh, you know, my dad, you know, just a, a great father, you know, there every day, uh, you know, uh, teaching us, you know, helping us to kind of like see things from the bigger picture and like just a great teacher, you know. And so uh, we felt like he had a really good, strong values, core values that we wanted to kind of just put out there in the world. So talking amongst each other, we wanted to start a family foundation and met to my father. And so, uh, you know, it's a process, you know, so there's a lot of logistics, a lot of things going into that because, I mean, really running a foundation is really running a business. Yeah. You know, it's a nonprofit business, but it's a business nonetheless. Mm -hmm. You know, we ain't had no business sense, so it took us a while to kind of get going. But, you know, uh, we had the heart. We wanted to kind of, you know, we had, you know, goals and who we want to help. And we want to help kids and, and uh, you know, and really from, you know, from uh, communities that are similar to where we grew up in. So, um, you know, we started kind of just uh, doing after school programs and different things. But the biggest thing was just trying to carry on my dad's legacy and what he stood for and instilling those principles into some kids who are less fortunate, didn't have that father that we had. So um, talk about that. Like you said, it's a process. You have to have like a board of directors and how what was it that you had to do to set up the foundation 
back in the day, you think about it, we didn't even know how to like, you know, how to file the paperwork to even start a foundation right away. You know, it took a while just doing research and everything else. You know, uh, technology has come a long way, and you can get a lot more information way faster. Uh, but this is back in you know, really after my rookie year, so 2009, you know, 2010, we started going through the process. It took us, you know, a year, year and a half before we really kind of figured out the logistics of it, and then uh, we really started kind of, you know, doing a lot more in 2010, 2011, creating the board of directors. You know, we kind of, we was kind of, I mean, we kind of was ghetto for a little while. You know, I mean, just, we, just, we had big hearts. We tried to do a lot of stuff, but talk this thing out. And that's one of the things too. We try to figure out a better way of like today when I, when I talk to guys about what they should do. I'm like, first of all, right now, first thing you should do is just try to figure out what what, what organizations like what, what kind of like uh, uh, you know what, what kind of like initiatives you want to support. Figure out who's doing a really good job, boost on the ground, whether charities is this doing that, and to support them, create programs together with them. Because I think it's so much better when you have partnerships, mm -hmm. people who you know whoever have experience that are doing it at a high level, and then just you know you can bring more exposure to them, create programs, or you can help the kids you want to help through their programs. And so it's so much easier doing it that way, you know. So back then, though, on our own, we're trying to do it on our own. So I'm trying to create these new programs. You know, you gotta you're hiring people, you know, doing a lot of stuff, and it was just like it was. I, mean, I learned a lot. I learned a whole lot, but it was uh, it definitely was a process, and like. You're just wasting money that I want to go to kids. I'm not, it's not going there because I'm trying to figure out different ways of doing things. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, we did do a, a really good job of helping a lot of people. We were really um, just active in the community with just with time and, and resources. You know, I feel like now, you know, uh, the time part, the actual commitment, me being out there, is so much like it's, it's only here and there versus like, you know, writing checks and, you know, putting, you know, resources uh, you know, into the best place that I feel like they can be more efficient is what I'm doing now, which is, I feel like the better way of doing it. But at the same time though, if you got a big heart and you want to go out there and do the logistics and you want to put everything together, go for it, you know, but I just try to encourage guys like, you know, that's people already doing that. You ain't got to reinvent the wheel. Just support the people who are already doing it. Yeah. So you said that, and you corrected yourself, you said that I wasn't a CEO then, which makes me believe, obviously, you see yourself as a CEO now. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, athletes in the NFL, you know, try to become a brand, right, in themselves. They are the CEO of their lives. And becoming a brand is tough, right? There's over 1,800 players, and everybody is its own individual. So how, how do you, how does one market themselves inside of a landscape obviously this is the biggest you know sports business in america how, how do you market yourself to become that individual or, be, or become a brand yeah i mean i think everything starts with success on the football field you know the more successful you are the bigger your brand is going to be always <laughs> every person who plays in the nfl you know you are the ceo of you know your individual you know, uh, brand, and you're the CEO because uh, we're individual contractors. You know, each team. You know, we, you know, we get the loyalty for that team. But mm -hmm. you know, you could, you know, you, I could. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Raven. You can hate the Browns, you can hate the Steelers, you can hate the Cincinnati Bengals. But then at the same time, like you know, if I was to get cut, you know, I could be a Brown, a, a Steeler, or a, or a Bengal. And so it's just crazy when you think about that because it's like you know, the loyalty is in the moment. But we're individual contractors. I want to keep playing football. So if the Ravens don't want me no more, and I want to keep playing football, then I'm, you know, it depends on who wants me. So it's just kind of like, a, you know, like it's unique, you know, in a sense. So your brand is separate from the team brand and everything else. Um, you know, individual contractors. But you got to realize, like, okay, you know, like I gotta, I gotta put together a process, you know, a business plan for how I want to grow my value, mm -hmm. you know? And so just from a football standpoint and like trying to like, you know, make investments on how I can improve my value from taking care of your body, you know, um, from eating healthy to like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, all the other things that go into it, you know, there's just a process that you have to kind of lay out and it should be structured. You know, you should put together actual, like, you know, a, a actual process and plan. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys don't really do that. You know, it takes a while, for, it took a while for me to do that. You know, I had to learn business. You ain't really gotta be a CEO 
in actual life, you know, you just be a CEO of your brand and your football brand. Mm -hmm. But like when I was younger, like, you know, people used to say, you have to have another hustle, you have to have another hustle, you have to have another hustle, football money ain't enough. You know, uh, people going broke all the time, you know, and there was some article that came out and said, it was like, I think it was like 75% of people, 78% of people were broke or in financial distress after two years mm -hmm. of football. And um, I thought that was just like a crazy number, but I started trying to do some stuff. I wanted to create these companies. I hired some consultants. I'm spending money trying to figure out how I can make more money. And after a while, I was sitting there talking with my, my best friends. And he was like, I mean, you know, you, you really ain't got to, you really ain't got to do none of this. You know, you really could just play football and, and make enough and be good as long as you save your bread. You ain't got to spend it. You're good. You know, if you spend it and invest it, you know, you're good. And I was like, just, I had an epiphany. It was like, you know, like I'm too busy to be a CEO. I ain't got enough time. You know, I could do it for a small window before I start training really hard from, you know, whenever my season is, if it's January, February, if I'm lucky enough to go to Super Bowl, uh, to when I start training really hard in April, I got a short, small window where I could be a real CEO. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I can't really be a CEO. I gotta be, you know, uh, I gotta put football first because that's where I'm gonna grow the most, I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna have the most value. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of tough because it's like, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I, I view myself more as an investor. You know, I try to invest into real CEOs and I try to, you know, uh, if I can find somebody who's doing really good work, we can create a partnership where I don't have to be there all the time and I can kind of just add value where I can and be able to reap the benefits from it. You know, that's the ideal scenario. Uh, you know, so I try to tell guys, you know, you ain't got to be CEO. Now you just see guys start to call the lines, start their, um, you know, different businesses and stuff. Right. I'm like, you know, if it's content creation and things that you can do while you're playing football, great. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you need good partners. Yeah. You know, you need people who actually can run something that, you know, you trust. And you see like the big baller brand and they had a guy running their brand and he was stealing from them, you know. It's true. It's like, it's, it's tough because yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, like, we ain't got time to be trying to, you know, checks and balances and everything else. So it's kind of hard. So I'm like, man, you know, I, I had a teammate who, you know, who played for, uh, four years and he didn't take care of his brand like he's supposed to and he ended up was working at AutoZone and uh, I was like man if he would just take care of his brand and like wait until he was done to spend his money he could have he could have he could have franchised and had like three four or five AutoZones you know oh and wow. I that was kind of kind of deep when you think about it from the pictures yeah. like, I try to tell guys all the time like man hold your bread we, I mean, best case, if you like me, I'm 36 now. So I was retired today. I'll be 36, starting my next career with a with a with a uh, a big booster of revenue of capital to be able to go and do whatever I want to do next. You know, if I want to, I'm lucky enough where I've made enough money where I don't have to, you know, do anything. I can just sit home and collect a check for my my assets, my mm -hmm. uh, my investments, and be the life I want to live. But you know, but even if you're a guy who plays five six years, you don't really make a whole bunch of money. You know, then you take that what you did make. You know, and then you go and do your next career. Then you go have a, a you know, that startup capital. You can have proof of concept capital to do whatever you want to do next if you want to become a businessman. Or you could just create investments and get a simple job and whatever you want to do, you know? Yeah, so what are, what are some of the investments um, that interest you? Uh, obviously, as your, your career is winding down, uh, what what's life after football look like in terms of, you know, future business creations and investments. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's a big, that's a big, a big, big, uh, big question there, because uh, I got a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so I start with uh, the things I want to do when I'm done playing. I want to get more involved in real estate. I already do some real estate, uh, you know, and uh, I've been learning a lot. But I want to get into development. You know, I, I know uh, Emma Smith and Bruce Smith are two uh, people I would consider somewhat of a mentor. Yeah. I don't talk to them enough yet, but uh, Warwick, guys, Warwick Dunn, you, you cool with him? Yeah, Warwick Dunn as well. You know, yeah, and so. I don't know his story as much, and I have never talked about business like I did with Emmett and Bruce, yeah. but I, I definitely add him to the list. Yeah, you got 178 properties in Florida. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a Florida legend. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I want to do business in Florida, so I'm definitely going to reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a legend. Uh, but, you know, uh, but real estate is the world I want to be in. 
I also um, I I, uh, I want to get into content creation. You know, mm-hmm. I also want to kind of something similar to what you guys are doing, where it's just educating people and just like kind of like keeping sports, business, um, you know, just kind of lifestyle and everything else attached to it. Um, but then, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely gonna do some broadcasting just because I feel like I put myself in position and I think I'd be fun to kind of talk up, stay close to the game that yeah. way. I feel like it's a natural fit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna play a little poker. You know, I like poker. <laughs> Poker's fun too. But from a business standpoint, poker has to be a business too. Like, you know, laying out how much I'm willing to spend, how much tournaments entry, entries are, and then how much money I'm bringing in, like keeping that structured because people go crazy, you know, lose a lot of money if they don't structure things. Yeah. I tell guys all the time too, this is separate from what I'm doing, but just budget your fun. You know, you you made it to the NFL, you want to spend a little money, cool. You know, you earn the right to, but let's just budget it. Let's not just spend money crazy thinking, and you look up and you, oh, I spent three, four million dollars. You know, nah, let's budget how much we'll spend. You, you first round pick, you made an eight million dollar bonus, cool. You know, let's take that, we'll say, hey, okay, I'm gonna blow 10% of this. 800,000, we're gonna blow. You wanna go mm-hmm. get you a, you know, uh, you know uh, a, a Lamborghini truck, Get your Lamborghini, Lamborghini truck, spend that 400000 You want to get your piece of jewelry? Go ahead and get it. But just budget it. You know, you don't spend 800000 That's it. You know, so a lot of these guys, they just start swiping their car, swiping their car, look up, and like, dang, how I spend that much money? Because you ain't organized. You got to be organized. Uh, so, you know, that's but poker. I want to be organized in yeah. poker in that world. Is the Lambo truck the thing of the NFL? Every player today has said that, yo, you want the Lambo truck? Get the Lambo truck. I, the, I think that's the new toy that a lot of it, 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 it's the, it's, yeah. it's, okay. okay. I drive a Tesla, but I'm also invested in Tesla stock. So I drive a Tesla because I'm invested in Tesla stock. Uh, you know, which uh, I got in 2013, so I did pretty well in the Tesla. You know, oh, wow. And I sold some of it more, more recently. I kind of sold before I got all the way to the, to the top, but yeah. I still made a, a pretty penny. <laughs> Up there, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, but I, but that's why I drive a Tesla. You know, I try to I try to use products that I'm invested in. So the stock market has been, you know, that's one of my favorite things to do. I started investing in 2013, mm-hmm. and it's been really good for me. I mean, obviously, you're, you're OG in the locker room. Do you... Do you see uh, players and maybe your teammates looking at investments, venture capital, as as a way to you know have ownership but have long term you know capital when they finish playing? Do you see that? So I don't think a lot of guys are thinking about their long term capital like they should be. <laughs> So uh, I think it's the process, you know, as guys get to that second, third contract, that's when they start really kind of being more, a little more uh, informed and trying to invest a little better. Some guys have good people around them that, you know, help them in that world. Uh, so there are definitely some, you know, some people who are well connected with the right yeah. people who are uh, connected with the right deals that can, you know, grow. Uh, I know, um, uh, I know, uh, like JJ Watt and a couple of people that was with the Texas and stuff invested in a uh, Blaze Pizza mm-hmm. uh, before it became a big deal when LeBron was getting in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the the deal kind of like passed by me, but I didn't know enough to grab into that one. Kind of <laughs> mad I missed out on that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I feel like uh, there's um, there are a lot of guys who are uh, you know who are looking for opportunities to grow their resources. But the biggest thing is education. You know, so I feel like you know I mean yeah, I'm in the locker room all the time. Saying the same thing right now yeah. to them individually all the time, you know, and and so it's really about like you know and being informed in what you do. But yeah, you know, I think that venture capitalists uh, getting involved in like you know kind of like early stage investments and mm-hmm. trying to grow with them, it's a lot more risk there though. So you want to you know do a lot lower. But you know, I think uh, there's an investment I'm, I'm in. It's called uh, Next Play Capital. It's a guy who played the lead. You know, uh, Ryan Neese, his dad is uh, Ronnie Lott. And so they're all connected in the venture capitalist world. And he does like a fund of funds uh, that I'm a part of uh, that um, is kind of cool, you know, because it allows me to get access to the tech world and tech space. And I go up to Silicon Valley all the time. And I've met, you know, I've been in, you know, rooms with some really high, high level people in that venture capitalist world. 
And it's just kind of just educating myself and learning. And it's, it's cool, you know, I'm getting some good returns back, you know, mm-hmm. you, know, it's, you know, it's solid, you know, it's really good portfolio stuff. But that's well, pleasure, <laughs> my brother. Thank you for joining us, man. For, for sure, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the show, man. So I'm glad y'all were able to have me on, man. I appreciate it, man. This is dope, man. Shout out to the NFLPA again. This is a, it's been a dope experience, man. Just as a sports fanatic, football fanatic, and obviously one of the, the most important weeks of the year in the season for, for the NFL to have us part of it. I'm very gracious, so thank you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.